Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. It's back to school and for the next month we'll be looking at some educational shows and TV shows and cartoons primarily set in the classroom or the school playground. This week we're looking back at some teen high school dramas as we talk USA High, Higher Ground and the UK classic Waterloo Road. And if you didn't know what a comprehensive school was, then I will try and explain it to you in the best way possible. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, thanks. How are you? Yeah, another busy week. She seems to be getting busier and busier and busier recently, to be honest. Well, I, I, I was talking about how September slows down, but I don't know. Feels like it's, feels like it's going to be picking up really soon again. It's one of those things, and it? it's normally a lull, but I feel like I've just been flat out. I think I think I'll probably be like that until Christmas. I booked a week off work though. For uh, in a couple of weeks' time, I have to work on a Sunday. So I thought, you know what? After the you Sunday, want to save up those holidays for the Christmas holidays, dude. Everyone's already booked off the Christmas holidays. Have they? Yeah. So I'm I'm late on the draw. And I Again. don't mind. I don't mind working Christmas too much because it's short days, it's easy days, and there's no one in the city, so I'm quite happy. Well, well I don't know when you when you put it like that, it's not it's not too bad. But I don't know. I ju- I just want that time off to be fair, because obviously I don't know what day of the week it is. Normally, from like from the 18th, I'm like I'm I'm switched off. I'm like I'm gone. Well, I don't I don't get the bank holidays off. So so do you know like because Christmas falls over the. Saturday, Sunday this year, right? Christmas oh, Day, it? Boxing Day. Yeah. So the bank holidays roll over to the yeah, Monday yeah, Tuesday, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So you're going to get Monday and Tuesday yeah. off. Well, I don't get them off. I don't get the bank holidays off. So I have to like, basically Christmas is just a weekend for me. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, obviously I get those back in lieu. When though? I don't know. At some point. I, I get them added onto my holiday tally. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you need to work the system better here, Paul. You gotta work the system, Paul. You 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 got you gotta you gotta manipulate those days and and use it. But if Christmas is falling on, yeah, that's 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 it's good for most people. Then. It's good for most most people are going to be in the money with this one. <laughs> but you know what? It's been a really crazy but really sad week because you had first, I think, Sarah Harding from uh, Girls Aloud who passed. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was really really sad. Because it's really crazy. Because obviously, look, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Girls Aloud in the world. Girls Aloud wasn't for me. It's all it's okay, but I remember when they were formed on uh, Pop Stars Arrivals. It's obviously that like, yo, you're on the you're on the journey with them, kind of thing. And they had a hell of a run in the 2000s. Lots of lots of uh, songs, and they 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 they, they sold loads. They 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 they, they uh, they did some uh, some decent numbers to to be fair to be fair to them and uh, no honestly yeah it's, it's it's just really really sad and she was obviously a big like pop star or big celebrity in this in this country and uh, yeah of course yeah and obviously there was also Michael K Williams and that one really really did hurt obviously everyone will know him as Omar in the Wire Omar come yo. It's Omar, Omar coming, yo. And you know the iconic. 
It's very, very, yeah, iconic. And no, he was such a brilliant actor. I mean, I didn't see The Wire, so I don't, I don't know about this. Wow. If you haven't watched The Wire, then uh, at this point, I have to tell you, you have to watch The Wire. If you lot think that Breaking Bad is the best ever, then I think no, The Wire is better than that. So. The Wire is going to have a lot to say about that when you're talking about your best ever shows. And if The Wire ain't in your top five, you know what I'm going to say. Go back and do your list again and go watch The Wire. Seriously, people, if you haven't watched The Wire, go and watch The Wire. What's okay? it about? It's basically about Baltimore. It's like life in Baltimore, the drug game in Baltimore. It's got Idris Elba in it as well, who plays uh, an American guy. So it's basically about gangs and drugs in, in Baltimore. But what they do is they, they explore different life in Baltimore. So like the school life in Baltimore in a media newsroom was one season setting. You've got um, the docks in the season in, in, um, in Baltimore. And it's also, yeah, just about how like different gangs after different territories, obviously the, uh, the municipal office as well in uh, Baltimore and how they kind of wrangle with all of that. But honestly, the wire is just tremendous television it's one of the greatest TV shows of all time, in my opinion. It's up there with any of your faves. And like I said, go out and watch The Wire if you haven't already. So, yeah, go out and watch it. Um, also, I think we're coming up to the 20 year of 9-11. Yeah. It would have, by the time this broadcast goes out, yeah, it would have passed. By the time right? it goes, yeah, it would, it, it, it would have, it would have, it would have gone. Yeah, do you know, obviously, because this has been in the news and, you know, on a lot of people's minds recently, and it's just crazy. You work for the news, though, don't you, as well? No, exactly, yeah. So this is crazy, like, you know, thinking that, you know, you and I lived through this. We were quite, we were a bit younger when it happened, obviously, 20 years younger. But this is like, it's such a, uh, the more time that passes, the more I realise what a massive, massive event this was you know um something this like history defining moment yeah i mean even even back then in year nine i just knew how much my world changed as a muslim but like for us it's like it, it it changed our world instantly because it was like islam was like a religion that okay people might know but they don't know then straight up it was like we're all over the news. We're everywhere. Everyone's talking about Muslims and who they are and what they do and how they react. This is just based off 12 fools who, who did whatever the hell they did. 12, 13 fools from Saudi or wherever the hell they be from did whatever they did. And it was like, we've all been condemned to like a world of abuse and, hate and, and 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 everything in between and then fighting pointless wars and more death and more destruction and yeah i mean the thing is the the aftermath was like crazy because they carpet bombed afghanistan with b52 bombers and then they invaded iraq it was crazy like yeah and then they totally forgot about afghanistan and now look at it now this whole thing is uh 
crazy and 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 messed up but obviously yeah 20 years since 9 11 yeah i was in year nine i think it was and i was coming back from school and like i can hear it on the radio station like i think i was uh it was at the it was at the point where i think uh someone used to like drive us and take us home and like family friend or whatever and he had the radio on and you're just listening to the news and it's like and then you see it on the tv and then you're like what in the hell is going on here this is this is major. Yeah, see, I, I didn't know anything that happened until I got home from school. And apart from those massive buildings on TV shows, I'd never really heard of the trade centers or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, yeah, me neither. The World, the World Trade Center. Yeah, I didn't really know what that was. Obviously, when you see like old New York shows, now it sticks out like a sore thumb, the Twin yeah. Towers. Like they, yeah. It'll just stick out. Now... It's like, I don't know if I did go to Ground Zero when I was in New York. I mean, I've never been. I'd love to go, I think. Mind you, there was a lot of things I did, didn't do when I was in New York. I don't think I went to the Empire State Building, which was insane when you think about it. But yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about going to... I don't know. I, I should have. Now that I was there, I should have. I probably should have went to... Uh, Ground zero and 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 see and see and see the uh, the site and everything, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get around to 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 going. But yeah, it, it is what it is, and I I hope to go back to New York one day. Anyway, no, I definitely want to go back. I'd so love to go back. I will, yeah, I will back. put it I'd on my list. <laughs> I will put it on my list if I ever get the chance to go back. Some good news: Bob Odenkirk returned to work. He. he uh, Posted a, a picture on Twitter. I wanted to send it to you, but I didn't. I totally forgot to. That's what happens when you're so busy. You're like, I'm going to do this, and then it's like, uh, I haven't got around to doing it yet. But no, he he posted a picture on his uh, Twitter account saying that he is back to work and is currently yeah filming the uh, final season of Better Call Saul. That's amazing, man. I'm so happy about that. Not you know, first first of all, because he's one of the best actors that. You know, it's certainly of this generation, but he's he's brilliant. He's amazing, and and also obviously that he's okay and everything like that. But more, like maybe more, I don't know. That better call Saul's going to get finished <laughs> because I'm yeah. like, I'm so excited about it. It's honestly it's one of the best things I've ever watched ever. Like there's everything about it is amazing. I'm fascinated to see how how that how that ends and. Uh... Right, back to our regularly scheduled podding now. And yeah, obviously we're halfway through the uh, the school's month and back to school. So yeah, talking about TV shows and, and, and cartoons that have uh, an educational feel to it. So uh, right, we're going to kick off with USA High now. And this show came out in August 1997. And some of the things happening in the world, you want to talk about big major news august 1997 was when princess diana was uh was killed in a uh, car crash in a road tunnel in paris now obviously 911 was a big major news story from my childhood but honestly this this was the first and I, I, we've spoken about this before obviously when we're talking about august or september 1997 but this was equally as 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 huge a news story if not bigger yeah i mean this was 
probably the first big news story I've I'd ever heard of. They had like the 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 big news stories I remember was the death of Ayrton Senna uh, in Imola in '94. Uh, obviously, I've, I've I've told this story before, but obviously for new listeners, because I know we're getting new listeners all the time. Uh, yeah, I just remember it was I think it was a Sunday morning when I woke up to watch cartoons, and then I saw news. I thought, okay, hang on a second. And then I go, okay, let me try the other channel. News. Okay, let me try ITV. Hopefully they'll have something on. News. Channel 4. News. I can't remember if Channel 5 was a thing by this point. I think it was nothing. It was just all news. And then I thought, okay, let me, let me, let me pin down one channel and see what is going on. And as soon as I think I turned on BBC, they called it. They were like, yeah, we've... The doctors have tried everything, but we're going to call it. Princess Diana has died. She was in the car crash, whatever. She died. But I do think it's one of those things where they um, they wanted to wait. They wanted to uh, to see what happens. And they wanted to kind of not call it because obviously it's Princess Diana. They don't want to just say. Yeah, you can't, you can't be, you can't even like retract that, right? Especially when you're messing with the royal family, so. No, yeah, it was one of those things there. They want, I think, they wanted to be a hundred percent sure, and it was one of those things where I don't know if it was Associated Press were like, "Yeah, look, she's she's dead, and we have to we have to call it, we have to announce it." And I remember BBC just saying, "Right, yeah, Princess Diana has died," and I remember telling my mum, and I was like, "Oh." Then I thought, "Okay, yeah, all right, don't don't show no cartoons." Then this is. No, definitely, this was one of those moments. And obviously, when you know, I mean, you learn about Diana and who she was. Like she, she was the realest man. Sri Lanka slams a world record nine hundred and fifty-two for six in the first cricket test against India in Colombo. You had Senath J Surya with three hundred and forty, Roshan Mahanama, who got two hundred twenty-five. If I said both those names wrong, I apologize to uh, Sri Lankan cricket fans, and they had a record partnership of 576 runs. I had to mention this because obviously I'd never mentioned cricket, but that's insane. 952 runs. Cricket is like the, probably one of the worst sports. I wouldn't go that far. It's, up there, it's definitely up there with golf and tennis. Behave. Tennis is good. Stop it. <laughs> go on Emma Raducanu. We could have a British winner in the tennis. Hopefully this time next week when you're listening to it, Emma Raducanu would have won the US Open. It's two like two teenagers, isn't it? Like two like Yeah, rookies. Leila Fernandez and Emma Raducanu. So uh Fernandez go on, girl, well. bring it home. Yeah, she's nineteen, Emma Raducanu's eighteen. So Wow. Uh, it's incredible, isn't it? Scientists report finding fossilized footprints of anatomically a modern human in hundred and seventeen thousand year old sandstone on the shores of the South African Lagoon. The Full Monty was in the cinemas. Amazing film. And Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba was in the charts. USA High now. So this was a American teen sitcom which revolves around six friends enrolled at the American Academy boarding school in Paris, France. USA High was originally conceived to be part of NBC's Saturday morning TNBC lineup. The series exec producer was Peter Engel who was also responsible for the Saved by the Bell franchise, California Dreams, 
City Guys and Hang Time. Its co-producers were Leslie Iberhard and Steve Slavkin. And the series was one of two posts Saved by the Bell, the college year series that exec produced by Peter Engel. But it didn't end up up not being part of the TMBC lineup. And there's probably good reason for that. Um, There isn't much to say about USA High, but other than the characters. So you had Jackson Green, who's a blonde surfer dude from California. He's the newest student at the academy. He's there to shake things up a little and come up with Zach Morris-esque zany skis. Lauren Fontaine, who is the the closest thing to the group to being responsible, but at the time not being a soapbox Sadie like Jesse was. Then there was Bobby Lazzarini, who's the plucky comic relief of the group and not my words, token minority of some sorts, being a dark-skinned Italian-American. A running, gra- a running gag is that he has a crush on one of the teachers. Then there was Winnie Barnes, who, yeah, she's, uh, I don't know how to describe her, but yeah, we'll talk about her. Christian Muller, who is like the hunky jock who is German or at least has a, a fake German accent. And one of the two actual Europeans in the main cast, Ashley Elliott, who is the headmaster's daughter, kind and sweet to everyone. And Mr. Elliott, who's the headmaster. And Miss Dupree is the resident French teacher and frequent target of attraction from the male students. So, USA High. Yeah, USA High, fair sitcom. Italian guy was from... Uh... Band of Brothers, I think. That's all I have to say about that. Good, bad, indifferent. I mean, look, it was a sitcom against two not sitcoms. This one was like, I watched this one last and I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, 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 yeah, just get through this episode because I'm not interested in it anymore. The sitcom has been, especially in the US, the sitcom has been done to death. It's like the same thing, man. Like I, I, I kind of already know what characters you're going to have in there, what you're going to do, what you're going to say. There's always going to be a and, oh yeah, okay, fine, whatever. You do you, and I'll turn you off. Okay, then if you're not going to be honest, I will be honest. This was awful, absolutely awful. It's funny because I actually remember USA High growing up. This oh really? Come on, I, this I come never on saw it. Five every Saturday afternoons on Channel 5. And I think, yeah, we used to watch it. But this was this was not good, man. It was bad, right? It, it was. was not good at all. And Winnie, the, the black girl, what, who... It was just... It was cringe watching her doing the whole typical stereotypical black girl. Hey, I've got it going on. Yes, I am fabulous. It's like, oh my God, make it stop. Please make it stop for the love of God. Make it stop. So do you think she was worse or the English girl who was the worst English accent in the whole world? No, you know what? Yeah, you know what? That, that, that didn't bother me as much as, as, as Winnie because it's like, obviously it's a predominantly white show with white writers, white producers, 
White everything. You know what? There's an interesting interview with uh, Jaleel White, who played Steve Urkel in Family Matters. And he was saying that initially, the reason why I think he said that Steve Urkel became such a big phenomenon was because I think he was saying that it was white people who was writing it. Yeah. And obviously Steve Urkel so was, was very... Yeah, it was very palatable for white people because he liked white things. And, and he talked with a really crazy, funny voice. Did I do that? And, and all of that. And he was saying that, for the most part, it was white people who was resonating with him the most. And with her, it was just like, yep, be the black girl. Say all your little mannerisms and, 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 and whatnot. Because obviously, I think this was like... A cheap imitation of Saved by the Bell. Yeah, when they're doing the there's a in the first episode, like they're doing H O T T. I was like, if you said it one more time. Oh, I wrote that down. I was like, she's like, yeah. Oh, he is H O T T. Hot H O. Oh my. God. Yeah, I was like, if you continue, and I will not finish the episode. <laughs> you know what? Like, it's 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 crazy, and you know what? To be fair to USA High, it didn't drag for me. As much as I didn't like it, it did not drag. It was a twenty-minute show, and it was done. So it was very, it was very easy to kind of just think, you know what? Okay, this is this is gonna finish pretty pretty soon. It's gonna, it's gonna finish. It's gonna whatever, and I don't have to see this show ever again. And you know, the crazy thing is that the the cast are all pretty much still in contact with one another. Oh, really? That's nice. Yeah, that was the nice thing I read about it. I read that they. They said that they had good memories from doing this show. Look, I don't... Peter Engel, obviously, if he came up with Saved by the Bell, we did City Guys as well, which I thought was really good, and I think we both liked that show. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's like if he knows how to do bad shows, and it's like, yeah, okay, I know why y'all didn't want to include it in the in the morning lineup of shows, because it's, yeah. This wasn't great. I think, I think they did well to get a season two out of it and like i remember everything about this show bothered me i it made me it made me like ask questions i'm like why the hell are people going to an american school but in another country i don't get it if you want to go to an american school go to america but then obviously no i don't know does it make sense to do that well i know that in some countries are american schools like there's a lot of countries like the philippines and stuff like that have american schools right but yeah um, well, everyone has it. Like, you, you can go to probably the American University in London. But it's like, why would you? Yeah. Go to... I mean, I'm, unless you wanted the whole feel of living in another country and experiencing that as well as going to school, then, okay, that might be fair enough. It, it You know, it didn't give it much purpose. Like, there was no reason for it to be set in Paris for me. That Like, other than a few token characters in there, why Why be in Paris? They could have been studying French in another, just in a class. Well, they're not even studying French. I'm saying they go to American school. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is, like, if, if, if there was something French you wanted to put in there, put a French class in there. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, there was no yeah, reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least, yeah. But then obviously, yeah, like I said, they're, just the thing, they, they're at an American school. They hang out at an American diner. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where you're you're in another country, but you're it's not it's really... almost like like the producers said, right? We need a different angle here. We need something different. What happens if it's in France, but in an American school? Yeah, okay, that'll do. Tick and it's box. called USA High. Yeah. So it's one of those because obviously I I I I have 
lived and studied abroad myself. I know what that's like. But it's one of the things where it's, it's, it'd be like if, if I went to Egypt and I studied English and I went to a, a British grad school. Yeah. I mean, mind you, mind you, the, the, the high school that they had in Alexandria was a, an English school, like a, a British school. And that school was probably better than any school in this country. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe there is a, a thing to it. Maybe there is something to this whole, there it might be something to it, but yeah, let's, 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 let's talk about episodes. You can uh, talk about the uh, pilot. Since yeah. I'll talk off. about the one episode I watched and the one episode I could stomach. Lauren and Winnie at apartment. Christian is in apartment and Lazzarini too. Ashley comes in. See, this is what I sit, this is why I don't like the sitcoms. It's always like you know people, you know people whooping and whatever. Just uh, where am I? So uh, Ashley comes in. Jackson Green is a new roommate. Mister Elliot is a headmaster, and Ashley's dad. Jackson came from California and doesn't want to be in Paris. Girls are talking about Jackson. They like him. Worst British accent ever. I thought she was putting it on. I think as in I thought she was putting it on for the show. No, that was just her accent in the show. So Jackson likes Lauren. She's playing hard to get. Uh, they're in the class talking about the Mona Lisa. Jackson comes in late, acting like the cool kid. Gets told off for not wearing uniform. Mr. Elliot comes back and talks to the teacher. Uh, Jackson Green doesn't want to wear uniform. Now they all have to wear the uniform at the dance as a punishment. He talks to Lauren and she's annoyed because of the uniform situation. Then they're at some sort of diner. Lauren is the waitress, and all girls are having all the girls are having to go at Jackson. Even and he still likes uh, Lauren. Jackson soaks the football pitch and everyone plays wet ball. And now they have to clean the uniforms and then he mixes uh, all the colours and stuff like that and puts red dye so that it ruins the uniform so they don't have to wear it for the thing. I did like the joke about how the teachers are, oh, look, they look like they're coming from a Grateful Dead concert, which I thought, well, obviously Grateful Dead were a, a, a group who were around, I think, in the 60s and 70s. They're very, very uh, popular and iconic music band. So yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't get that reference. So now that because he did that, the, the dance gets cancelled and they're back in a flat and everyone's annoyed at him. He goes and explains it all to Mr. Elliot, even though he might get expelled. Mr. Elliot is okay about it uh, because he did it for a girl and that girl's not his daughter, so he's okay with it. Um, Ashley comes in and speaks to her dad. Then Jackson's not allowed to come to the dance because that's his punishment. Everyone leaving for the dance and Lauren have a will they, Lauren and him have a will they, will, will they, won't they moment. Pierre is her date. Jackson's sad about it. And then she says thank you to him for doing what he did. And that's all I watched. Right. I managed to stomach another episode because I thought, let me give this show a chance. And so I thought, let me link it back to something that I love the most. The Breakfast Club. One of my all-time favorite movies. It's a great movie. Yeah. Amazing movie. Absolutely incredible. Love this film so much. I can watch it. It's one of those cult films... That you have to watch. If you call yourself a film buff and you haven't seen this movie, you ain't, you ain't a film buff. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. If yeah, if you ain't seen this film, I suggest you go watch that film. The bre- yeah, the episode's called The Breakfast Club. So they're all in Mr. Elliot's office. They're all... Uh, and Mr. Elliot wants to know who turned the Academy Hall into a petting zoo. Everyone's blaming each other. And they have flashbacks of the times that they all had silly ideas. So there's Lauren and Ashley making cheesecake and making a mess. Christian on a date with De- someone called Denise, but Winnie isn't happy. Jackson is in a aluminium outfit and not aluminum 
as they were probably saying. And then Christian and Jackson are crashing Bobby's date and they're pretending to be opera singers, whatever the hell that was. Mr. Elliot then puts all the kids on restriction and they're stuck in his office. Bobby has a ladder or he sets up a ladder outside Mr. Elliot's office and they're all escaping from there. Mr. Elliot is not happy about the kids getting away. And there's a flashback of Mr. Elliot trying to uh, serenade Miss Dupree. I love that the song that he was singing was the song about the chicken that had no bone. And the only reason why I know that song is because of The Simpsons, where Homer's like, what if I talk like this? What if I undo my butt? He's like, what if I sing to you? And he's like, I gave my love a chicken that had no bone. And he's like, mmm, chicken. It's from the monorail episode. Uh, I, was, I know the episode, but I don't know the uh, song. Yeah, because obviously he's, Marge is like, oh, the monorail is really dangerous. And he's like, oh, don't worry about the monorail driver. You know, it's going to be perfectly safe. And obviously he's like, what if it crashes? And he's like, oh, what if I talk like this? And then, and then he's like, oh, what if I sing to you? And then he starts, yeah, singing. I gave my love a chicken that had no bones. <laughs> that's why I know that song. And that's how I know I'm such a Simpsons nerd to know that reference. Yeah, I mean, I know I've watched a lot of Simpsons, but yeah, that one escaped me. Yeah, I mean, there is there is a lot of like, when I watch back and I watch Simpsons, and I'm thinking, how the hell did I not, well, it's like, how, you know, when you're kids, the jokes and the, the lines, like, escape you. That's just the one thing, yeah, about The Simpsons. It just escapes you. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit... It's, it's an adult cartoon, isn't it? It's... It is very um, an adult cartoon. Some of the jokes, some of the lines... Honestly, it's like, yeah. It's the rapture! Quick, get part out of the house before God comes! That line always gets me when I saw that. I don't know, but I can't. Was, I don't know what was it for, but <laughs> we get part out of the house. Oh my god! Oh dear, oh dear. And okay, Winnie and Christian are coming back from shopping. Mister Elliot says that Christian has to stand up to Winnie, and there was a flashback to when he tries to stand up to Winnie. It's, it's always a, a failure. The rest of them come back and they get caught by Mr. Elliot. Jackson's trying to find a date, but no luck. And then obviously flashback to Jackson and Bobby being rubbish with women. Flashback of Ashley being annoying. And Mr. Elliot saying that the kids can't go to the dance and they're locked in his office. Then they have a flashback of all the good times they had in the academy. Then there's more flashbacks of Bobby being weird. And he's dressing up as he as Christian's uncle Helmut. The kids are all dancing in the office and then Mr. Elliot and Mr. Pree join them. And that was about what I could manage myself because, yeah, this... I don't want to say this show was bad because I remember it. But it, but but it was, it was though, bad. wasn't it? It was yeah, bad. It was, it was bad. It was not good. I mean, they can't all be good, right? So, and this is one of the bad ones. Yeah. they not. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, I'm about ready to move on. Yeah, me too. Higher Ground now. So this show came out in January 2000. And some of the things happening in the world. Y2K passes without the serious widespread computer failures and malfunctions that had been predicted. America Online announces an agreement to purchase Time Warner for $162 billion 
and it's the largest ever corporate merger. The Peace Long Player begins and it will last a thousand years, finishing on December 31st, 2999. Down to You is in the cinemas and The Masses Against the Class by Manic Street Preachers was number one in the charts. Higher ground now. So this was a American drama or American Canadian drama TV series created by Michael Braverman and Matthew Hastings. The series follows a group of troubled and abused high schoolers at a therapeutic boarding school in the Pacific Northwest as they navigate adolescence in the aftermath of their home troubles. Although praised and well rated, the series was cancelled after its first season due to the sale of its broadcast network the following year. The show was part of a production company that did not make it to the new network. Located in the mountains of the northwestern United States and 25 miles from the nearest town, Mount Horizon High School is a harbour for at-risk teenagers from their troubled past. The series focuses on one group of teens, the Cliffhangers, who, with the aid of school counsellors and each other, navigate adolescents as they learn to overcome their fears and face their inner demons providing them with not only a normal high school education, but also a rigorous schedule of outdoor activities and the tools they need in the aftermath of their abuse. The students work towards gaining confidence to face their personal struggles while navigate perilous action sequences, friendships, and romantic entanglements. And the students find Mount Horizon's world much safer than their turbulent home lives have been. The students, Tackle issues such as substance abuse, depression, neglect, physical and verbal abuse, self-harm, eating disorders, gang violence, learning disabilities and suicide. The series was shot outside Vancouver, British Columbia. Pre-production on the series began and the original name of the series was Cliffhangers and they kind of took advantage of tax incentive programs offered by the Canadian and British Columbia governments to reduce costs. The programs required that the bulk of production expenses, including salaries, be spent in Canada. Because of this, though American writers wrote all the screenplays, Canadians directed all of the episodes, and almost, yeah, all the cast and crew were Canadian. And the film, it was filmed entirely on location in Canada, and most of the post production work was also done there. The characters, so there was Scott Barringer who you mentioned, played by Hayden Christensen. He's a 16-year-old football star, plays the piano and excels in athletics. And he's the early child of divorced parents. And he got caught up in drugs and got kicked out of his school. And then obviously he had the whole abuse storyline with his stepmom. Then there's uh, Shelby Merrick, who's played by AJ Cook. And she's the daughter of a neglectful and indifferent mother and abusive stepfather. She began running away from home at the age of 15. Catherine Ann Cabot, or Cat, played by Candice McClure. She's an adopted African-American child of white parents. Even though she was always aware of her adoption, a sense of alienation set as she grew older, as she felt that she didn't fit in or belong. And that confusion caused her grades to slip and for her to withdraw from her talents as a gifted athlete. And then there's Augusto Cesaros, who, or Augie, and he's played by Jojito Vargas Jr. 
and he came to Horizon to avoid a youth authority lockup. He's the youngest of five children, grew up in a middle-class home on the fringes of the barrio or the streets, and although not a gang member, he was a tagger and gained an impressive reputation as a result. Juliet Wayborn, or Megan Ori, she hides her depression behind a facade of smiles forced upon her by her quintessentially abusive and distant mother. She's often referred to as Princess and Queenie, and it derives from her appearance and behavior. Ezra Friedkin, or Kyle Downs, he was adopted at birth by parents who were looking more for a solution to their marital difficulties than for a child to love. And when the marriage ended in divorce, he was caught in the middle of his parents' arguments. And the experience forced him to be a pleaser, a mediator, a peacemaker, and a rule follower. There was Daisy Lipanovsky, or Jewel State. She was disguising behind goth makeup and black-colored clothing and body piercings. And she has an interest in tarot cards and death and refers to herself as Daisy Grays. She was the early child of wealthy alcoholics as she suffered years of emotional abuse in her home and believed to be an inconvenience to her parents' addiction. And then the teacher, so Peter Scarborough, or played by Joe Lando, he was the headmaster and chief administrator of Mount Horizon for the last few years. And in cooperation with the school's owner and founder, Frank Marquesian, he built Horizon to one of the finest, most progressive and most successful emotional growth schools in the Pacific Northwest. And then there was Sophie Becker, played by Anne-Marie Loder. And she's also one of the, the teachers. And she met Peter at one of his drug rehab classes and they became friends. And they both have an interest in adrenaline sports. So higher ground. When this first came on, I was like, this is got to be the cheesiest most weirdest americanist thing ever i know I, most of those words weren't weren't english but yeah um and then i started to watch it and i got into it and i was like this is really damn good man like i mean you gotta excuse some of the really cheesy american you know rock bits in it and stuff like that but actually do you know what as a show this was really really good and hayden christensen Big fan. So, um, um, and do you know Pete? Was Pete Ted Benicky, by the way? Who the hell was Ted Benicky from Breaking Bad? I don't know. I'm gonna look that up whilst whilst you do your bit. But yeah, um, I, I yeah, I don't know about how how you felt about this show, but I thought this was really really good. Really cool concept. Like you know, the kids on the edge kind of thing could go one way, could go the other way. And and to be fair, I wanted to kind of I wouldn't mind going to that retreat. It looked quite cool. Yeah, you know what? Initially, because I I watched USA High first, and then I watched this. So I was coming into this show with a lot of like negative feeling, bad vibes. I thought, oh. And for a little while, I was thinking, oh my god, I'm not going to like this show. But yeah, as it kind of went on and it developed. Yeah, I, I thought it was a hell of a show. I could easily like sit sit down and 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 watch this. It was a very very easy watch. It wasn't. It didn't feel like a, a forty minute show at all. Maybe because on YouTube it kind of breaks up, so it kind of makes it a lot easier to kind of sit down and just like take take in ten minutes each. But no, honestly, this was this was yeah actually a a, a hell of a show. I wasn't crazy about the acting. But 
again, it's a it's a it's a minor it's a minor thing because obviously they're they're dealing with really intense storylines and really intense moments. So you're 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 gripped. You're like, oh, this is this is insane. And the idea of a uh, Mount Horizon high school is it's it's a really really good uh, idea. It's a really really good um, concept and. It's one of those things where, like, don't give up on kids, man. If you think they're like troubled kids out there, you just yeah, don't don't give up on them. There's there, it's never too late. It's never too never too late to say, oh right, this kid's done for. I'm gonna I'm gonna write this kid off forever. There's always a a redeeming quality that you can take from a child and kind of use it to to help them grow and 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 develop and and be better. So. Yeah, I, 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 in the end, I ended up really liking this show. Yeah, I think you've you've pretty much covered it all. To be honest, I was just looking, and it was not Ted Benneke, but it sounds the same as him. But yeah, I mean, with some pretty heavy storylines, it has to be said. Like you know, like you were just saying, even in the first episode when it's talk, you know, it's like a uh, you know abuse, child abuse, and it's like that's like way more deep than I thought it was going to be. I'll be honest, but yeah, no credit to him. I thought they handled it really well, and I liked you know, the, the the effects that they're using and I like some of the camera movements and stuff like that. It's actually, yeah, it's, I even wrote a note about it halfway through my notes, I think, but I thought this was really good. Yeah, and obviously I, 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 I am fortunate enough to have been to Vancouver and it's one of the most, yeah, one of the most beautiful places I think I've ever been to. So you could like see some of the location shots and some of the the cool filming that they got to do whilst being out in, in Vancouver. It's a absolutely wonderful city. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite places I've ever been to. I did definitely like the fact that it was shot on location. It definitely added something to it. Not this, um, cause I was really disappointed when I saw that it was, you know, on a set on USA high. And I was like, even that, even the fact that it's on a set has ruined it because you know, you can't be like the, picturesque mountains and the trees and stuff like that yeah so they think they can con us with uh shots of the eiffel tower yeah and a bit of plywood let's talk about episodes and yeah the first episode was called scott free right pilot and i like the whole thing that in the beginning of the episode they'll have a quote so the first one was we are all in the gutter but some of us look at the stars and that was the wild yes yeah i wrote that down too (laughs) <laughs> Did you write the actual quote down? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, good stuff. Right. Yeah, talk about your episode. Sorry. So they start off on this um, kind of fiery planet and um, they're having this like lightsaber battle. And um, then Obi-Wan says to Anakin, um, you were the chosen one. Uh, oh, so that was Star Wars. Wrong um, podcast. Uh, so yeah, that was That's Star not going to fly over here. Star Wars episode three. Yeah, that's... Um, where I last saw Hayden Christensen. So I was quite excited to see him. I thought he was a damn good Anakin Skywalker. Um, some people don't like the first three, but I loved the first three. Anyway, so cheesiest music ever. Kid arrives home in a nice car. Parents approach him. Bit of a standoff, and there's another guy with him. S- Scott, who you later learn is Scott, legs it up the stairs, and then he kind of like gets arrested by this guy. Then it cuts to this guy climbing a mountain. Then it goes to back to to those guys, and he's been and Scott is the name. He's been driven somewhere by his dad. He 
basically his dad sacked off his mum. This is where I noticed it was Aidan Christensen. And I've written in massive capital letters, you were the chosen one, Anakin. Um, So Mr. Claypool is the other guy, the the, the guy that arrested him. Scott says, "Um, I need the bathroom. He goes in there and has some sort of kind of breakdown, but then like tries to climb out the window. And then it's like kind of roll titles. And that's why they see you see the quote that we're all in the gutter, but some of some of us are looking at the stars. So Mr. Claypool found Scott. They take him to Mount Horizon High School. Frank and Peter talking in the office, and basically the bank is foreclosing on the school. They've defaulted on their loans. Pete was the one that was rock climbing. There's like the music and the camera effects are cool. This is what I've written here. So Scott arrives at Mount Horizon after being dropped off. Uh, sorry, Scott arrives at Mount Horizon is where you learn that he's being dropped off in this place and this is like an institution kind of thing and later learn that this is either prison or this place so then it goes cuts to some kids that are some sort of like expedition um, they call it a quest where they go out in the woods and kayaking and stuff like that uh, one of the kids is like quite accident prone and then back in the camp you see that they're going Pete's going through Scott's stuff and they find some meth and acid on him and Scott and Peter talking and it's like the rules are there's no drugs, there's no sex, there's no violence or inappropriate touching at the camp. And he will be in the cliffhangers group. Uh, so Scott has kind of demons. He's kind of like, you see he's flashbacking over something. You're not quite sure what. And there's a girl in the forest and she's collecting mushrooms. Jeff is a clumsy guy and he's broke his leg. And Pete is still talking to Scott and saying, why did you do drugs? And Scott just, you know, shutting down and just says, you know what, I just like getting high. So the group's resting. They need to get back, but there's a bridge. The bridge is condemned, and the way round is like a mile down, cross the water, and then, a, uh, sorry, half a mile down, cross the water, half a mile up. And then Ezra's like, you know, stuff this. They're just lying to us. The bridge isn't really out. Then he, the bridge breaks, and he falls in the river. It's like kind of a rapid. Uh, Catherine saves him. And she's basically going into like, she has some sort of episode because she's like hysterically crying, saying, please don't die, even though it's like absolutely fine, just a bit wet. Then back at the camp, Pete and a lady are talking about financial trouble. Um, she's having marriage. She's a, she's a, the, the camp guide woman. And I can't, but I can't remember her name. So Scott's speaking to a girl in the in the lunchroom and she's the one that picked the mushrooms. And she says, look, I've got these mushrooms. But then Scott just gets up and leaves. So Mr. Claypool's trying to calm him down and then they're kind of talking about football and then they have kind of have basically have like a little standoff like I bet I can get past you because he was like some you'll be, you'll be able to know what the positions are but one of them's like a an attacker one's like a defender then he kind of um Scott gets floored the first time and then the second time he runs around him and just runs off into the woods so Pete's out looking for him on the bike at night time now and this is when you first kind of realize that something may be going on with his mother-in-law and not mother-in-law stepmother Sorry, I wrote mother-in-law, but I meant stepmother. He breaks into, he go, he gets into town and the police come. So the police are out looking for him uh, and they get a tip off that he's in town. Uh, Scott breaks into a house and robs it. He's looking for, it looks like he's looking for supplies. The police come in with, with Pete and Pete tries to talk him down. They take him back. Pete and Frank talking and Frank wants to send him home, but Pete is fighting his corner. Um, and he's basically saying that, you know, he's got some issues going on at home because he has this kind of breakdown when when he's talking talking to Danny, he just says like i don't want to go home um, I, I don't want my dad to find out so you know that something's going on but you don't know exactly what yet and then pete's gonna buy um by the by the institution because it's in financial trouble and then he and then when he goes fi- mountain climbing he finally gets to the top of the mountain and that's the first episode so proper cheesy stuff going on here but i think <laughs> i think it was done really really well next episode i watched was episode 15 called exposed 
So it starts off with a journalist and she wants to expose the school because of everything that happens. She's like, oh, this is a dangerous school full of people who take drugs. I think there was a, a student who, who who committed suicide. So she was like, I want to I want to show this school and I want to basically show them what's what. And Kat wants to climb the mountain because I think she wants to do it as a kind of a, a last hurrah for graduation. But obviously, Peter is worried about the snow. Then she says that she, she and he says, "Look, if you can convince everyone to come with you, then we'll go." Then, yeah, she starts to pose the journalist. She starts to pose as a student called Amanda. So she's basically coming in and she's like enrolling to the school. And then Amanda's like, "Oh, I want to go on the hike." And Peter's already suspicious. He's like, "Kids never want to go on a hike. They never want to do the new stuff. This is odd." And then obviously Amanda's trying to like go around asking all the kids questions. But they, uh, they're all just like, yeah, whatever, like, it kind of happens. And then Scott wants to know about Shelby, because obviously he's like, look, I've told you everything about me. I want you to tell me everything about you. But she doesn't want to say anything. And Amanda's still trying to ask questions. Shelby's getting a, a phone call from her mum, and it's that her stepfather has a heart attack. But Shelby refuses to go back home. And Amanda is asking Ezra about him falling off the bridge, as you mentioned in the uh, the first episode. But and then obviously Shelby, Shelby's like, "Look, I don't want to talk about my stepfather." And Peter thinks that actually that Shelby will be happy to see her stepfather gone. But obviously, the teacher's like, "How do you know?" It's like it's in her eyes. She she's been abused, and she wouldn't be too devastated if he didn't make it up out of the hospital. And Amanda's asking about drugs, but obviously the kids are like, look, it's a no drug policy at the school. And the kids are starting to get suspicious about her. They think she might be a narc. Scott's still trying to talk to Shelby, but she just gives him the cold shoulder. Kids are getting all suspicious and they're planning on what they should do with Amanda. Peter's trying to talk to Amanda. She's like, you're basically rubbish at your job and the school is not safe. Then uh, Peter was asking questions to Amanda about certain types of drugs. She's like, oh, why are you here? And then Amanda's like, I, I'm into drugs. And he's like, what kind of drugs? She's like, I don't know, all of them, which uh, isn't isn't a, a good thing. Then Catherine is happy about the milestone she's made. She's making a, a speech to the group. I think, yeah, they make it to um, the highest point that they've been to. Peter is then telling Amanda to kind of share with the group because they're having a, a meeting and Amanda still doesn't want to talk. Then Shelby is trying to tell the group about her stepfather and she's making up all these stories about how she used to turn tricks and she used to like hang out on the streets and all those kind of things. And everyone's thinking that she's making it up. But Scott's like, all of that is true, isn't it? And all of those things happen to you. And then she just lashes out furiously and she just yeah just absolutely incandescent i don't know if that's the word but just yeah she is just yeah lashing out then the kids are fooling amanda about how they can make meth and the kids are basically telling all the stories about all of their like past and shelby's like to scott why you care about my story you're, 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 not, you're not there for me. And she basically gives him what's what. 
They have one final obstacle and they need to try and get to the other side. Catherine wants to do it. So they have to like basically do a rope along like one side to another. Amanda thinks it's dangerous, but Pete is like, you know what? This is all about honesty. So obviously he's giving a hint about you're not being honest about who you are. She's like, look, this is a rope. It's honest. It's, it's, it's got integrity. And as long as we do it right, then everything should be okay. Amanda gets stuck and Peter gets to her in time. And then he's like, look, you need to tell me who you really are. All the kids confront her about the whole expose. And all the kids are basically talking about how if it wasn't for the school, then it wouldn't, you know, they would all kind of like just be nobodies. The school saved them. And they're like, Peter's a, an amazing teacher. And obviously he's like, the reason I know you're a journalist is because if you were board of education, they'd be talking to the teachers. Whereas journalists want to talk to students because they think they're kind of like slim pickings and you can kind of use them for stories. And the teacher's like, you know what? These kids have got hope and they've got guts. And she's like, you know what? Amanda doesn't have any of those things. But obviously Peter's like, I wanted, I wanted to realize and I wanted her to kind of see what we're about. Catherine makes it to the top of the mountain. And obviously Ezra's like, look, you should have this moment for yourself. This is your accomplishment. We've got plenty of time to do it. Amanda's saying that the school is dangerous. But Peter says that the school helps with the most vulnerable. And he's like, you know what? If you're going to write about something, write about the dignity of, of, of the school. You mean dignity like Catherine? And he's like, no, what Catherine did was a lifetime achievement. I'm just talking about the, the general stuff. Then Peter's like to Shelby, look, you've got to face your mum sooner or later. And Shelby says that her stepfather isn't dying and she doesn't seem too happy about it. And obviously Scott is like, look, I'm so sorry that you went through that. And yeah, Amanda leaves the school in disgrace without her story. And her friend says that Shelby is a survivor after what she's been through. Because obviously Shelby's like, I'm this and this and I've lived this life. And he's like, you know why? Because you're a survivor. And I thought that was a really lovely moment between um, the two girls there at the end. And yeah, obviously the, the line was, I'm giving you a longer look. Every day I write the book. And that was Elvis Costello. And in the last episode I watched, which wasn't the finale, which was very annoying, was called Falling Up. But it was a very good episode nonetheless. And the line was, tragedies are about the depths that call up to certain men and insist that they descend. This was Robert Bly who said this. And in this episode of Falling Up, Peter is trying to write an important letter Defending the children of Mount Horizon is a report. It, it was due the day before, but he's like not with it. He isn't feeling too good because he's taking painkillers for his injured knee. Sophie's making Peter take some antihistamine. And obviously she's like, look, as long as you haven't taken any other medicine, and he has because he's been like filling up on painkillers, he feels really bad and almost collapses. Catherine is complaining about the food. And Scott is brooding in the corner because he misses Shelby and he hasn't heard from her. But Scott hurt her and she wasn't and he wasn't there for her. Peter's having really bad flashbacks from his past about his father and addiction. His mother's telling him not to get lost in his head or in his heart. Orgs is trying to cheer up Scott, but he doesn't want to know. 
Peter's having more hallucinations and the drugs are making him act up and he sees like a younger version of himself and the younger version is telling him to hide the pills. Then Jules is trying to make Scott talk, but he still doesn't want to talk. So Scott's mum comes to the school. Peter is still hallucinating and he's seeing his dad and he sees some of the kids. Scott is not happy that he has to see his mum, but obviously she's here about the case with Scott and his stepmom wants to talk to Peter. So Peter sees Catherine in the hallucination and he says, and she's saying to him that, look, you're drowning and you're going to take other people down with you. Peter has blurry vision and can't read the computer screen. Sophie's telling Peter about Scott's mum. But obviously he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to meet them. I'm, I'm not with it. Then obviously he's like, fine, bring them in. Sophie's mum wants to take him out to lunch. And Peter's like, yeah, 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 go ahead and do it. And then he's having more flashbacks and and he sees a young version of himself. And the young version is saying, never admit it. Whatever they say, you're taking drugs, never admit it. Then Peter is still having hallucinations. Scott's mum is trying to talk to him about what school is like. Scott's mum is saying, look, I left and because I left, maybe it kind of led you to live with your dad and your stepmom. And the only reason he stayed was because of his um, football career, which was ended prematurely because of him taking drugs. Scott's mom, yeah, and she's basically talking about the incident with the stepmom, how it affected him. Then obviously Scott's like, she made me write down things and making me write down things that I should say about her. And obviously, the stepmom used that against him. Because I think when it kind of went to the authorities, they sided with the stepmom. And so Scott's mom was like, look, I believe you. And he feels really relieved about that. Peter's seeing the police and his dad in his dream. And the young version is still telling him to never admit it. He's spiraling out of control. Scott comes back and... Yeah, Scott comes back from his um, visiting his mum, and yeah, they're, they're they're playing the piano. I did like how I think his friends were basically like, "Look, that's your mum. You should always respect her, and you should always kind of take her side, no matter what." Peter's starting to fight back, and he's having more hallucinations, and he's admitting to his psyche that he is taking drugs. Then he's like, "Sophie, I need your help." And that's how that ended. And that was higher ground. Sounds like a pretty decent episode. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was actually yeah, in the end it was a very good show. Very, very good show. So one of those things where okay, like damn, I I, I, I was probably wrong to kind of prematurely judge this show, but no, it was it was it was a good show in the end. Last but not least, Waterloo Road. This show first came out in March two thousand and six and some of the things happening in the world. Traces of a prehistoric 8,000-year-old civilization are found in Shaharud, Iran. The discoveries include ovens, craft workshops, and other evidence of settlements. Michelle Bachelet takes the honor of being in office as the first female president in Chile. The European Union agrees to introduce a standardized European driving license. Inside Man was in the cinemas. And Nature's Law by Embrace 
was in the charts. Waterloo Road. So this was a British TV drama series set in a comprehensive school of the same name. The show is set in, in the English town of Rochdale and it moved to Greenock in Scotland from the beginning of season eight. Throughout the series of Waterloo Road, audiences have been shocked and astounded by the mature content of the series and the accurate portrayal of teachers and pupils' lives as they struggle to make it by and affect the lives of those around them. And yeah, for, for those who don't live in the UK, a comprehensive school is a public school for elementary aged or secondary aged children that does not select its intake on the basis of academic achievement or aptitude in contrast to the selective school system where admission is restricted on the basis of selection criteria. So obviously there was quite a lot of different types of schools in this country. And yeah, I, 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 cause I did the 11 plus when I was in year six, I'm sure I probably said this before, but I, yeah, I did the uh, 11 plus I passed and was accepted into Ilford County high, which was the, uh, the private school or the grammar school, so to speak. And yeah, I think, I think, uh, it was one of the things where I'm good. No, I don't, I don't, I don't really like the idea of going to an all boys school. No, I mean, I just went to a normal school. So I mean, yeah, the majority of our class, we all went to the same high school. Yeah. I'm trying to think, yeah, maybe like a handful of, 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 of kids in my class went to different high schools, but yeah, we predominantly all went to, uh, we all went to the same, uh, high school. I mean, I don't, I don't really want to go into like characters because obviously there's like what, 10 seasons of this show. I did do a, a, a little summary of all the seasons, so it will compensate my, uh, lack of watching this show. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just dive right into Waterloo road and, uh, yeah, tell us, tell us what you think. So Waterloo Road, well, I watched this as a kid and thought it was awesome then, and I thought it was awesome now. Um, it was like, imagine if like EastEnders had a point, right? This is kind of this show, because it's like, you know, centered around a school. Um, obviously, the point of school is to do well, get your grades and whatever. It's really easy to um, to make cheesy school shows. It's, it's quite hard to make a show that resonates with students and parents and teenagers and what and whatever you know it's quite hard to make a show that resonates with everyone but i remember when this first came out and i was a student and i liked it and coming back as a parent now and watching it again i liked it again and it i th i thought this show was really 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 good i mean some of the storylines is quite deep to be fair but still it was really really good i'm really well shot nicely uh, not really good acting it was yeah there's quite not uh, there was nothing to not like about the show i think you never watched grange hill did you growing up no i did not that's incredible but yeah this was basically grange hill yeah i did get that impression this but... was very much yeah of of the mold of grange hill the mold of phil redmond I'm not sure if Phil Redmond had anything to do with this show. I don't think he did. You know, this was very much a Phil Redmond-esque show in the sense that they deal with, like, the, the grittiness of, 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 of high school life. Was it better than Grange Hill? I don't think so. I think Grange Hill was, 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 was better for me because I think they were 
they kind of set the trend. They kind of made it so that you can talk about these um, shows. But no, I, the, the, the episode I did watch, I very, very, very much enjoyed it. Time permitting, I would have loved to have watched more. It did not feel like a 58-minute runtime at all. I was watching it. It was very engaging throughout. And yeah, this was this was very much what life was like in school. It, they didn't they didn't mollycoddle it. They didn't make it patronizing. So yeah, in that sense, I I definitely appreciated this show. I never watched it back then because I think it used to come on like on a Wednesday at nine o'clock or something. And obviously, if it's like a midweek, I'm probably watching Champions League. So it's one of those things where I'm never gonna watch this show at the at the runtime it's just not possible like it's i'm 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 watching footy so one of those things where yeah yeah i think that was the only reason why i probably didn't didn't watch it but no i thought i think i thought i thought it was a a hell of a show and it definitely yeah lived up to it right shall we uh, talk about the pilot so if my notes were a little bit dodgy, it's because I wrote 40 minutes of notes and then closed down a program I was using to write my notes and it didn't save it. So if they're a little bit sketchy, please excuse that. Well, I can kind of correct it as well because I've got loads of notes. Cool. So from 40 minutes on, I think my notes should be okay. But So it's a rowdy school. There's a teacher going crazy. Uh, it's the head teacher. And um, Jack Rimmer, who kind of like basically takes a job, kind of goes to him and says like, that's it, you're out kind of thing. So at the pub, he has a meeting with a guy called Andrew Tremor, and he's the going to be the English teacher and deputy head. Tremorman. Yeah. So I'll just call him Andrew from now on because I've written Andrew and Jack and stuff like that. So Tom is at home with Lorna. They're getting married soon. Um, and then there's a guy, Dante, is on a bus. And then there's a guy, Dante who takes a bus ticket off a boy and hits him. And then Andrew, the new teacher, is on the bus and he and he sees it. He kind of goes outside, challenges him and calls the police. So Izzy's at home with Chloe and another and her, and her sister. Uh, I can't remember her name. Chloe takes some booze. Um, Izzy is like the mom and she's a teacher at the school. Um, so Tom... <laughs> so they get to... Tom and Lorna go to school. They're both teachers and stuff like that. They get a car. And then basically Tom just says, you know what? I don't actually want to marry you. Just kind of like, yeah, I'm just not into it, to be honest. Anyway, so Andrew gets to his classroom. He starts sets about sorting it out. Kim comes in. It's where you meet Kim, and she comes in and tells him, you're upsetting the established order, and the kids aren't going to like it. Uh, Lorna goes to see Tom in his class. They go off, and he tells her again, like, no, this is, I actually mean it. I don't want to marry you. I don't want to be with you, blah, blah, blah. Then Izzy comes in, and Lorna runs off, and they basically have a girly chat, and she tells what's up. So back in Andrew's class, he's making the kids come in one by one. He's telling off Dante and then Dante texts his dad and says like, can you come because this teacher's been a nightmare sort of thing. Also, he says, call me. And when he calls him, he says, um, Andrew takes the phone off him and his dad basically comes in to stick up for him. His dad turns up and basically punches a teacher and they have a fight and then the police get called and his dad gets arrested. At the pub now with Tom, Izzy is um, Izzy and Tom are talking and he basically tells Tom, sorry, he t- basically tells Izzy that the reason I don't want to marry Lorna is because I want to be with you. I was going to say, this is some trippy nonsense. But then what, what would you do though? If it's like... If you're saying like to your, your, your woman's best friend. Yeah. 
do you fancy a go? Because that's like, I'm I'm in love with you, like not the girl I'm about to marry. That is, ooh, the best friend. It's not a good storyline. Yeah, it is. It's not realistic. It's not realistic, but it's drama. But it has to be. It has to come from something. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's not the first person to cop off with someone's Mrs. Best Friend. No. I mean, I, I mean, it might not be the first, but it don't make it right, though. No, absolutely. But um, so and she basically tells him where to go. Anyway, she says, like, look, I don't want you playing at. There's no chance between me and you. Get back where you miss it, kind of thing. So um, Dante's in detention. And then Kim talks to Andrew and says, like, because of what you did and how you called the police and, you know, did the right thing and whatever. Dante's dad is now in prison and he has to, Dante has to go into care because he's got no mother. So they come up with a solution where Dante's dad has to apologize in, in, in assembly. Uh, then the school condemns what he's done and then he gets off, basically. They don't press charges. So this is where it cuts to uh, Izzy and she's doing some marking and stuff like that. She's seen Tom everywhere. This is when you kind of get in the... Pre- did you, sorry, did you mention that about Kim talking to Andrew about Dante? Obviously, she, he, she walks into the detention room and she's like, you do realise that now that his dad is arrested, he's going to have to spend the night in social care. You didn't think about the consequences of what you're doing. Yeah, so him doing the right thing has actually caused a massive problem because he thinks that, you know, things should be done a certain way with no mitigating circumstances, but he's learning that actually that that's not the case. You know, you have to treat people as individuals uh, and, and on a case-by-case basis, you know. Yeah, you kind of get the feeling that um, Lorna, not Lorna, is he fancies Tom now. So Tom goes into his house... His fiance is like dressed up for him because Lorna called her. So Izzy called Lorna and says, "Look, he's just afraid that you know he's losing the old you, and you know the new married you is going to be different." And so she kind of dresses up nice for him, and you know, men being men, he does the deed, and you know, and whatever. And then he goes into the shower, and then he calls her. It's like it's crazy. He's literally she's like, "Do you are you sure there's no chance between us?" And she says no, and then she's crying. And then so basically, the next day or whenever it is, Tom and Lorna get married. Izzy's the best woman at home. Dante's with his dad, and uh, his dad's sleeping. And Dante texts Chloe and says, "Do you want to have some real fun?" They're back at the wedding. Izzy's like kind of staring at Tom. Chloe's dad leaves and he's, he's he's going out and then she says oh you know i'm really tired i'm just gonna go to bed when you leave to be honest then dante goes to see her and he takes the 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 car keys of uh, of his dad and he's a kind of a limo driver andrew's having a drink with kim lorna and izzy are talking then izzy calls her fella and he, this is not a fella sorry it's like her ex-husband and he's and she's he's annoyed because he's gone home and left the girls and now she's got to go home tom sees her leave and he kind of follows her dante has got the car and he bling and chloe brings her drinks so uh, 80s in the garden they talk and they basically have a moment three teenagers are broken into the school and things so jack and andrew go to the school and they kind of have this thing where okay well let's just aim to get one student and an e and then, and then we'll kind of go from there. And back in the car, of course, the car crashes. And then meanwhile, back in the honeymoon suite, Lorna tells Tom that she's pregnant and she didn't want to tell him before the wedding because she didn't want him to marry her. Because she's pregnant, he wanted it to be for the right reasons, even though it was for the wrong reasons. Eventually, she, she doesn't know. And then it goes into the coming up bit. And uh, you see that one kid's died, but you don't know who yet. I guess it was the kid that's hanging out the sunroof. Yeah, it was him. Because he's like, that's my twin brother, and I want my twin brother back. And that was, yeah, 
It wasn't just a crash. It was a collision, wasn't it? Collision between a lorry and the limousine. Oh, I hate lorries so much. You know, I was in a car crash with a limo, uh, not a limo, uh, a lorry once. It was like, do you know the ones that carry this, the big old skips on the back? Yeah. So my mate was driving and um, we were late for school and uh, we were at this junction and it's like in the countryside, it's two sixty mile an hour roads hit a crossroad, right? And we were waiting at the crossroad and one guy stopped because he was turning right into our road and he flashed his lights to say, you know, you can go now. So my friend, and we were, you know, he was a novice driver at this time and he, and he kind of pulled out without looking the other way and then just get nailed by this truck coming the other way. But it was crazy. Like the car like spun around and the windows kind of broke and bonnet flies off and everything. Luckily, no one was even like injured. Uh, that could have been like all four of us dead. That's crazy, yo. But no, that's um, yeah, it was a, it was a collision, right? Let me see if I can sum up Waterloo Road. So yeah, series one, the school deals with the threat of closure by the governors owing to failing enrollment and poor pupil behavior. The pupil was Adam Dearden, who was killed in the car accident, and the pupil struggles to care for his mother who has Huntington's disease. And English teachers, well, Tom and Lorna, surprise, surprise, you will know that their marriage ends due to Tom's love for fellow drama teacher and best friend Izzy. And yeah, obviously, yes, that that, that, that marriage was never going to last. Tom is the worst. Like men like him are just, yeah, they're the absolute worst. Uh, the local education authority decides to keep the school open while Lorna throws herself into a canal because she's distraught at the end of her marriage. See, that's, yeah, see, that's, yeah, men, men, men like Tom, they're just the worst. Absolute worst. Series two, Lorna is diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Sponsor governor Roger Aspinall brings controversial changes and enrolls his son, Brett, who has an affair with the school secretary, Davina Shackleton. Alcoholism and drug use trouble the school. Mika Granger is subjected to extreme online bullying. Maxine Barlow conquers her drug addiction, but her stepfather is revealed to be behind a series of sex attacks on teenage girls. Yikes. Tom and Izzy are expecting their first child together, but Izzy has a miscarriage. Lorna reunites the couple before committing suicide due to her degenerative illness. And that's not the only death. Izzy was stabbed during a fight between head teacher Jack Rimmer and a drug dealer. So it looked like Lorna accepted that her best friend was in love with her man. I don't know about that, but uh, yeah. Series three. So Jack uses educational funds to entice parents to send their children to the school. And he's forced to resign. And he's replaced by Rachel Mason who is blackmailed over her former life as a prostitute. Chloe Granger and Dante Childs are married and subsequently separate after Chloe sleeps with her sister's boyfriend, Brett. Uh, people with Asperger syndrome is introduced. Gwen Jill did that already, but that's a good thing that they did. An English teacher, Jasmine Qureshi, is accused of assaulting people, Michaela White, and another pupil is deported. Chloe and Maxine's plagiarism scandal attracts notice from the local exam board and careless smoking causes a gas explosion at the school. 
new PE teacher of oh, series four now. So new PE teacher Rob Cleaver begins a relationship with Jasmine, which ends when he is fired for giving aspiring boxer Bolton Smiley performance enhancing drugs. Family from hell, the Kellys include psychopath Earl, who fatally shoots his girlfriend Maxine, leading to his arrest. Former teacher Kim Campbell returns from Rwanda, smuggling a baby girl. Chloe resumes a relationship with Dante and gives birth to his baby daughter. Davina qualifies as a teacher but leaves when Tom begins a relationship with Rose. Ralph Meller goes mad and knocks the front of the school down with an excavator. Okay, where am I? Series 5. Waterloo Road is now merged with local private school John Foster's and the lack of unity causes rivalries and clashes. Particularly affected is newly qualified English teacher Helen Hopewell, who quits after bribing students for their good behaviour during an inspection. She reveals to Rachel that she had an affair with the executive head teacher Max Tyler. Max's desperate attempts to control the school led to an assault on a pupil and Max's arrest. Unruly pupil Finn Sharkey encourages others to share his affinity for drugs and vandalism. Modern Affairs teacher Joe Lipsit is suspended for acting inappropriately towards pupil Russ's McCain's declaration of love. Series 6, pregnant secretary Janice Bryant proposes that John and Ruby adopt her child, but they renege. There's someone who comes out, Josh Stevenson, and he is struggling with all of that. Grant Lee Budgen struggles with his wife Fleur's Alzheimer's disease and puts her in a nursing home, and a mix-up causes him to teach from the wrong syllabus. Christopher Mead begins a relationship with Jess Fisher and appalled when she is revealed to be the new head teacher, Karen's daughter. Oh! Seska Montoya is arrested for an illicit relationship with pupil Jonah Kirby, though they marry while she's still on bail. Karen introduces separate sex classrooms and Adana Lawal tries to reenact the school with the production of Cinderella, which doesn't go according to plan. I wonder why. Cinderfella. Leave it out. <laughs> Series 7. A student released from a detention, detention centre enters the school, resulting in an inspection and threats of closure. Her teacher Karen is replaced by Michael Byrne, who has post-traumatic stress disorder from being attacked by pupil. Sambuka Kelly dies from a brain tumour. Michael begins an affair with science teacher... Sean Diamond. Linda Radley tries to kill Michael in the hit and run. Pupils join rival criminal gangs. And Janice is betrayed of her life savings by her lover. The LEA decides to close the school. And Michael is contacted by Lorraine Donegan, a businesswoman and former student who sponsors the school's relocation to Scotland. Series 8 now. And Grant Lee and Maggie Budgen run the schoolhouse together and later marry. Bullying escalates dangerously before the two girls make peace. English teacher Christine Mulgrew struggles with alcoholism, seeking help after her arsonist son Connor injures his girlfriend Imogen Stewart. The Barry family bring bullying and violence to the school. Lorraine's business fails and Michael convinces Glasgow Education to take the school under the local authority before leaving. Christine is made acting head teacher while Simon Lousley is appointed deputy head. Grantly suffers from kidney failure and Maggie pressures Tom to donate a kidney. 
but he fatally falls from the school roof while trying to help a former student. To counter her new deputy, Simon, who is engaged to Sue Spark, daughter of the LEA's head, Christine, appoints George Windsor as co-deputy. George proposes Mandarin classes without knowing the language. Sue cannot control her pupils. She and Simon elope. Larry Brown is arrested and his younger siblings, Lisa and Lenny, become wards of the school. Casey Barry trains as a boxer and a dangerous man impersonates a supply teacher. Privileged troublemaker Gabriella Walk decides to seduce a teacher and sabotages Nikki Boston's relationship and injures Casey. Kevin Chalk suffers a stroke. Dynasty Barry becomes a police officer and exposes her brother Barry's latest scheme. Christine crashes her car, drink driving, and resigns. Vaughn Fitzgerald takes over as her teacher. And this is series 10, the last series. And Vaughn Fitzgerald takes over as her teacher. A student protest of the mock exam leads to a panic attack. Sue and PE teacher Hector have an affair. And Hector threatens blackmail when, she, when Sue breaks it off. Sonia Donegan shares her novel with the staff but runs in trouble for drawing from Christine's alcoholic past. Police investigate computer hacking and cyberbullying at the school. Step-siblings Justine Fitz- Justin Fitzgerald and Tiffany Westbrook begin a relationship which their parents suppress. Staff and students fight to stop a merger between Waterloo Road and rival school Havelock High. George blackmails his counsellor girlfriend into stopping the merger. And that was Waterloo Road. Woo! Yeah, this is a pretty damn good show, to be honest. I, I, I didn't watch it for as long as I, as long as that when I was um, younger, but I definitely watched it and, and liked it as a kid. So. Yeah, there was lots of like who's who of characters and of the like. And yeah, it was just a shame, the whole... You know, I really, I really felt for Lorna. I was very sympathetic towards her. And I was like, yeah, you're, you are a rubbish, rubbish guy, Tom. Just an absolute rubbish man. That's what I got out of that. Right, so let's rank these shows now from three down to one. Uh, right, so obviously, I think this is quite an easy one today. So USA High at number three, High Ground at number two, and Waterloo Road at number three. One, one, Waterloo Road at number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think mine's the same. USA High was not not good at all, and it's a shame, but it is what it is. And number two, Higher Ground. It's actually a hell of a show in the end. And yeah, Waterloo Road was number one. I thought, yeah, this was the best show we did this week by uh, by by some distance. So uh, there you go. And uh, on that bombshell, we'll bring this episode to an end. Had an upsurge of listeners from South Korea. So that was uh, really pleasing to Ooh, see. Oh, nice. South Korea. Love, love, our, love our listeners from uh, South Korea. And uh, yeah, love love me some South Korea. It's actually one of the countries I would like to visit one day. Yeah, I mean, I, there's some South Korean movies that I'm, I'm a big fan of. I'm a cyborg, but that's okay. Is one of the most amazing love story movies ever. It's weird, wacky, but it's so cool. Yeah. And they make, and they make really good barbecue wings. So... Uh, that's another thing about yeah, South Korea and Korea that I I like, and obviously I know who BTS are. So uh, there you go. I am down with the kids. I have no idea what you just said. Yeah, BTS. They're a, a K-pop group. I know who they are. So uh, yeah, got a couple of catchy songs too. So uh, 
if you guys are into that, then uh, yeah, good for you. Yeah, yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. Give us a, a download. Make sure you got your notifications on so you can get new episodes all the time. And uh, yeah, you should find us every Friday or Saturday, and we will be there for you to have episodes. Um, yeah, you can find us on all the podcast platforms. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash yesterday's capers. On the socials, you can find us on facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers. On Twitter, yesterday capers. On Instagram, it's yesterday's capers one. You can find me on the socials. On Instagram, it's Abdullah underscore Molim. You can find me also on Twitter at Abdullah Molim. Give us a holler, give us a shout, and join us next week, which I believe will be the last of the uh, Back to Schools episode. So, and then Black History Month. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, yes, join us for all of that, and join us next time for another episode of Yesterday's Capers.